Today on The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. The supernatural power then of the Word of God. And that's why at church, in all that we do, it is focused on the Word of God. We who preach and teach the Scriptures are accountable to God. My question for you is, are you listening? Welcome to The Verdict, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor John Monroe, Senior Pastor of Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. So many things in this world are unreliable. Circumstances change, and even friends and family can let you down. But there is one source of strength and provision that is truly unshakable, the eternal Word of God. So is that your foundation as we begin 2024? Let's join Pastor John Monroe as he introduces today's message. Last time I challenged you to spend at least 15 minutes in the Word of God each day. Don't just think about it, do it. Last time we thought of some reasons why we should be in the Word of God so that we will have an unshakable foundation. The Word of God is absolute truth and therefore can be trusted. Many people live in their own reality with their own rules, but sensible people base their lives on truth. Jesus said that God's Word is truth and that those who are of the truth listen to Him. Will you listen to Jesus, who's the very personification of the truth? He still says, I am the truth. Let's learn more about the importance of the Word of God so that we may have this unshakable foundation. Several times in Scripture, we hear this statement. Today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your heart. Today you're going to hear the voice of God from His Word. I ask that you do not harden your heart. That means we must listen, uh, we must hear, we must listen, and we must do that with humility because it is the Word of God. First of all, I want to say that this Word, God's Word, can be trusted. Absolutely. God's Word is truth. God's Word also is life transforming. You know, this book is not just a book of stories. It's not just a book of morality. It's certainly not just a book of of, uh, principles for living, as some think. No, it is packed with the power of God. Listen to the writer of Hebrews. Hebrews 4, verse 12. For the Word of God, are you listening? Is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. It's living, it's active. This is God's Word, it's eternal, it's living, it's powerful, packed with power. It's active in the sense that it produces results. It's effective, it's dynamic, and it's life-changing. And our faith grows as we hear the Word of God. Paul says in Romans 10, verse 8, what does it say? The Word is near you in your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord 
and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord over all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he's heard from us? Verse 17, so faith comes from what? Hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. As we hear the word of God, know what happens? There is life transformation. And down through the centuries, Millions of lives have been transformed through hearing and obeying the Word of God. Think of the Apostle Paul, persecutor of the church, a man who hates Christians, and he hears the Word of Jesus, and his life is totally changed. Think of a slave trader like John Newton, who hears the Word of God and is saved and can write of God's amazing grace that saved a wretch like him. Yes, the worst of men and women and boys and girls. Lives are transformed. And as we live the Christian life, God's word is not only essential for our salvation, it is, it's also essential for our sanctification. What's sanctification? Becoming more and more like Jesus. Turn to 2 Timothy, to a verse we've turned to many times. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable. For what? For teaching. You and I need to know the Word of God. This Word of God is essential for your spiritual health, for your spiritual growth, for your well-being. Some of you are fixated on your physical diet, on your exercise, on physical fitness. That's good. However, here is how you become spiritually fit, spiritually healthy, spiritually strong. The Word of God teaches us. God's truths are to be learned. They're to be understood and obeyed. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof. Oh, do you ever need to be rebuked? That's what the Word of God does, doesn't it? You hear the Word of God and it cuts right across what you're doing, what you're thinking. It rebukes us. Our failures, our faults, our errors, our secrets are exposed. They're unmasked, as it were. They are confronted as the Spirit of God takes the Word of God and says, now, there you are, John. You need to listen to this. This is for you. The power of the word for correction. You go, of course, it's like the GPS saying, what do he keep saying to you? Recalculating or redirecting. The other day it was trying to tell me to take a, make a U-turn in a place I couldn't make a U-turn. And I thought, who is this person always telling me what to do? But I, what happened? 
I had gone off course. How easy it is in the Christian life to go off course just a little bit. That's why it's essential we're in the Word of God daily. Today may be the most important day of your life. Today you may face the most difficult decision. Today may be a day which is one of the worst days of your life. What's going to make you strong so that you are not off course? Answer, the Word of God. It teaches me, it reproves me, it cracks me, and says Paul, for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. It's like a coach training the athlete who likes to go through training. We like the game. When I was playing soccer, I like the game, I like the match. Uh, Before that, there is the training where you do something over and over and over and over again. The coach is saying, no, you haven't quite got that right, Monroe. Do it again. And the Word of God, what does it do? It trains us. That can be difficult. That takes time, doesn't it? It trains us in living godly lives according not to the world, that's the voice we hear all the time, but to God's righteous standards. Wonderful thing is, as we do this, we are, says Paul, being equipped, transformed. It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? You're serving the Lord, and you look back on your life and think, well, God brought us through some very difficult circumstances, but to the glory of God, we can say, we'll become stronger. We have gone through the training, and we are equipped and we're becoming more and more like our Savior. That's the real test, isn't it? You're more like Jesus than you were a year ago. I learned at the camp I was saved, their motto, Psalm 119, verse 9, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? How is a young man going to live a pure life going off to UNC Chapel Hill? Is it possible with all of the the junk of our world? Yes, it is. What's the answer? How shall a young man live a clean life? That's the question of Psalm 119, verse 9. Answer, by taking heed thereto according to your word. By guarding it according to your word. That's it. Verse 11, your word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's it. Are you going to deal with temptation? How are you going to deal with these circumstances that you face? By treasuring the Word in your heart, by reading it, by meditating on it, by memorizing it. So when the problem comes, when the difficulty comes, you're able to respond just as the athlete who's properly trained at the moment in the contest, right in the middle of the game, when he or she has to make a certain play, that athlete knows exactly what to do. Why? They've gone through the training. But often, you see, we flop and we fail. And the answer is not because of God. He's with us because we've not gone through the training. So God's Word is to be trusted. It's life-transforming. Finally, God's Word has to be obeyed. I want to emphasize that. Personally, you and I have to obey the Word of God. One of my Unforgettable memories as a student at Dallas Theological Seminary was being in class taught by Howard Hendricks. He's now with the Lord. 
And he emphasized this, I put the quote up on the, on the screen, the mark of spiritual maturity is not how much you understand, but how much you use. In the spiritual realm, the opposite of ignorance is not knowledge, but obedience. Do you get that? You think you're spiritually mature? You, you know a lot? Oh, you know a lot. But the question is, how obedient are you? Are you obedient? The coach can give you all of the training, and you can know that in your head, but the question is, can it be done in the game, in the match, in the tournament? That's the test, isn't it? Not just knowledge, but obedience. So if you're gonna be supernaturally transformed, it's not coming through this as if it were just an intellectual exercise. Yes, there are things to be learned, but you must respond to its teaching. Psalm 119 again, verse 145. With my whole heart I cry, answer me, O Lord. You ever come to the Lord? Lord, give me an answer. I will keep your commandments. I call to you, save me, that I may observe your testimonies. Remember the wording of the Great Commission, end of Matthew chapter 28? That we, as we go with the gospel, we're to baptize those who believe, and then we are to teach them to do what? Just teach the commandments? No. Teach them to observe all that I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you to the end of the age. It's one thing to teach the Word of God. It's another thing to teach to observe the Word of God. Parents, I'm very thankful that so many of you are teaching your children the Word of God. You should be doing that. But are you being transformed by it? Are you making any difference in your life? I want to speak to my fellow pastors, elders, life group leaders, Bible study leaders. Are you listening? Many of you enjoy studying the Word of God. I do. I like to study the Word of God. I like to study. But you must do much more than study the Word of God. See, before these truths are communicated by you to others, you must first teach them to your own heart. You must obey them. Otherwise, you know what will happen to you? You know what will happen to me? We'll have big heads and an underdeveloped body. You know Christians like that? Big heads, a lot of information, can answer the quiz. In the life group is always the first to put up their hand and, and give a verse. They've got it down. That's great. That's important. Wish we all knew the Word of God. But my question is, are you obeying it? Are you, are you serving the body of Christ? Some people go to so many Bible studies, I think, yes, but we ask people to serve, and where are they? Teaching, teaching, teaching. You love to teach. You're reaching out to others. You're ministering to others. What happens if you are just a hearer of the Word of God and not a doer? James tells us. He says, you're deluding yourself. Are you deluding yourself? You're teaching the Word of God? Deluding yourself? And you may impress the naive. 
You may impress the, the gullible and come over uh, with your deep knowledge of Scripture, and people think you're very spiritual because you can teach the Word of God. But listen, think of this. A smart unbeliever can go online and get some things about the Bible. A smart unbeliever can get a commentary and read that commentary and take what they have learned online or in a course or in a commentary and then regurgitate it to others. That's not Bible teaching. That's the conveying of information. And James is saying, remember he says those of us who teach have a stricter accountability, it's because of this. You're teaching, you're hearing. My question is to myself, John, how obedient are you to Scripture? That's the test of spiritual maturity, not knowledge. Knowledge is important. We, of course, have to learn Scripture. The Scripture is given that we could learn from it. It teaches us. That is fundamental. Those of you who know that know I believe that with all of my heart. But it is more than that. It is transforming. Otherwise, we have people with big heads and underdeveloped bodies. And ultimately, it can be hypocrisy. When I was a student at Edinburgh University for about six, seven weeks, I met with a man for an intensive Bible study. He had, I discovered, he's about 10, 10 12 years older than I was. He, uh, he must have had a photographic memory, because as we're reading the Scriptures, and I was brought up in a home, uh, where we opened the Scriptures, so I had a working knowledge of, of the basic Scriptures. Um, but I would mention a verse, and he would say, well, that's in such and such and such and such. I thought, well, this guy knows that verse. And then I began to think, well, I'm going to come with a really um, book, you know, from uh, Zechariah or something like that, and throw out that to him. And he didn't look an eyelid. Sometimes he didn't quite know the verse, but he said, well, you know, that's... Um, that's in Jeremiah chapter 23, maybe about the beginning of the verse or towards the end of the verse. Any of you can do that? If I put any verse to you, Old Testament, New Testament, could you tell me where it comes from? Don't think many of us could do that. This man could. Absolutely amazing. And a very good teacher. I learned from him. I can still learn what, I can still remember saying things that he taught me. But I was in a situation with him as a young man, he was a married man, and the way he acted, I, I, I was absolutely uh, dumbfounded because his actions were totally inconsistent with the truth of this book. Knowledge alone is very dangerous. It is knowledge plus obedience that produces maturity. We get that? You know that in music. You can give me all the lessons on, on, on musical theory, uh, and I could learn it, and you could tell me, but the question is, can I actually play this instrument? You can teach someone a sport. You give them all of the knowledge, all of the techniques, but if they're not doing it, if they're not practicing, they'll never be a good athlete. I can give you all of the information about the Scripture, 
But if you're not acting on it, if you're not obeying it, it's not doing you any good. In fact, it's quite dangerous because it can breed hypocrisy and legalism and superiority of your knowledge, and you can depend on your knowledge rather than knowing and loving and following Jesus Christ. Jesus put it this way. Everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act upon them. Do you hear it? You hear it, but you don't act. It's like a foolish man who builds his house upon the sand. The word of God, Howard Hendricks used to tell us, is not to make us smarter sinners. It's to change our life. God's word is life transforming. My question to you in your heart before God is, are you becoming more like Jesus? The word of God must always be our unshakable pillar. Paul in 1 Timothy 3.15 refers to the church. He describes it as the household of God, the church of the living God. And he says it is the pillar and the foundation of the truth. In a society which departs from the truth, in a society where the most bizarre statements are made and are applauded, in a society where our children are indoctrinated in perverse views of sexuality and gender, in a society where we often don't know are our political leaders telling us the truth, in a society where many students in our schools, in our colleges, in universities are cheating, it is essential that we who are followers of Jesus Christ stand on the truth. I'm asking you, are you a person of truth? Are you a person of personal integrity? That you don't lie, that you don't cheat, and that your life is being transformed by this book, which is absolute truth. Sometimes people come to me and want me to sign a, a, a Bible or a book, and often the text I put in it is Proverbs 23, verse 23. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Will you do that? Will you be so committed to the truth, you will not sell it? And even if the whole world is against you, you will stand on the truth of the Word of God. My calling as a pastor is to glorify God through the exposition of the Word of God, the truth. Read it. Ask God to help you and obey it. And always stand for the truth of the Word of God. For the grass withers and the flower fades, but the Word of our God stands forever. You're listening to The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe and the end of a message titled The Unshakable Pillar of the Word of God. If you missed any part of this empowering lesson, just go to our website where you can find all of these daily Bible messages. That's theverdict.org. And you can also get these programs downloaded automatically by subscribing to The Verdict Podcast. Just search your podcast app for The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. And right now, we'd like to offer you a free copy of John's booklet titled Eternal Security, Finding Certainty in a Chaotic World. It's our gift to encourage you this new year and help you deal with any personal doubts or questions you may have about your faith. As you read it, you'll be able to study the scriptures for yourself and better understand salvation by grace so you can live with joy and peace no matter the circumstances. Download or request a mailed copy of this special booklet when you visit our website at theverdict.org. While you're there, you'll also have the chance to help us reach new listeners with the gospel this year by supporting our radio ministry with a donation. We're so grateful for fellow believers like you 
who help us share God's Word across the globe with their financial gifts. So please give your special New Year donation today by going online to theverdict.org. And we also want to invite you to join us for Sunday morning worship at Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, home of The Verdict. To find directions and details, or to worship with us via our live stream online, just go to theverdict.org. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe. Well, what's your verdict? Are you making that commitment to read the Bible at least 50 minutes a day? What a difference that will make, and what a foundation that will be for your life. Your decisions will be based on truth, and as you read the living Word of God, your life will be supernaturally transformed. The Word of God, as we learned, is powerful, living, sharper than a two-edged sword, and it will make you wise unto salvation. So, read the Word of God, study it, meditate on it, obey it, live it. Thanks for joining us today on The Verdict. I'm Michelle Davies. Today's program with Pastor John Monroe was produced and sponsored by Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina.